Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 11. Collision Course. Ooh. We know it's good. Now we're cooking, Des. Because if you've seen it before, when you heard that title, you were like, oh, this is <laughs> this is the episode where there's a collision. <laughs> as soon as the episode description came up, I was like, oh, this is a very pivotal episode. This is where a lot of things get set off, uh, for sure. Right. Things that, things that have like a domino effect or a ripple effect that lasts for seasons. seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a very exciting episode. Just if you've seen the show before, and if you haven't seen the show before, this is an exciting episode. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens. So let's start at the beginning. We open with Jane and Billy and Allison going for a run in the park. Why? This is an interesting couple or dynamic. Triple. Triple. Yeah. <laughs> Triple. Triple. Uh, I don't, they always love to do these little running scenes to start an episode off. Everyone runs at this apartment building. Yeah, and it's, it's such like an old school running where you have the sloppy sweatshirt. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like... And a headband. Yeah, it's like 80s, 90s running. Yeah. Before people knew about damaging their knees and stuff. like Because <laughs> they're just kind of flailing around. Yeah, they're, none of them look like they're actually runners. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they return to Melrose and... They run into Joe in the courtyard, and Jane's like, we're going to have breakfast at my house. Do you want to come, Joe? I'm going to make pancakes. Ugh. And Joe's like, I can't. I have to go to D&D for, to do a photo lab. And Joe is very cold to Allison when she sees her. Right. They're still in a fight from the Steve breakup. Yeah, because Joe still blames Allison for Steve breaking up with her. Joe doesn't even know that in the last scene of the previous episode, Steve and Allison kissed on the beach. Right. At this point, she's just sort of thinks Allison is pushing it, right? Like right, or, the flirtation. Exactly. So she, Joe leaves... And Allison proceeds to deuce, and I guess Billy went back into the apartment. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> but Allison proceeds to do something that is so insane. I couldn't, I was like, of all fucking people who will not sympathize with you, and we know this from the Keith situation. Why would she go to Jane, and why would she say this 
extremely insane, sensitive information when Billy is like, even though he's inside, it's still like, dude, this is something you tell Jane in a vault. I would never tell Jane. But you wouldn't tell... Well, no, you would, you would not tell Jane. But if you were going to tell Jane, which is stupid yeah. already... Not why- right, right while Billy is sort of just inside the house or the apartment. But also, personally... I wouldn't tell anyone. No. This would be in my vault. <laughs> like, Of course. Because it's like no one's going to sympathize with this situation at all. No. And if it's nothing, you don't need, you can just forget it ever fucking happened. Right. Uh, it's crazy. This is a keep to yourself or tell your therapist. Yes. That's, don't burden anyone with this do information. Do not burden anyone. Alice, so Allison tells Jane that her and Steve kissed. And then she keeps going further She's like, I'm sort of drawn to him. And obviously Jane has the reaction we were all expecting Jane would have. Also, just the way she kind of goes right into it. Yes. The second Joe walks away. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, you just couldn't hold it in. Like She's like, Jane, I kissed Steve and I kind of liked it. I just could not believe of all people, because she, she's had this with Jane before, multiple right. times, right. this kind of fight. And of course, Jane is like, Allison... Don't poach off other women's relationships. Yeah. She accuses Allison of trying to steal Joe's boyfriend and also, of course, of cheating on Billy. Yeah. She's basically like, Allison, you're disgusting. And Allison is is pretty disgusting. She looks disgusting by telling this to Jane. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. Such a crazy I guess they choice. have no one else at the complex she could have told because she can't tell Amanda or Joe. Or right. Jake, really. Do you I, know what I mean? There, maybe Matt. <laughs> this would have maybe you could have good time to pull Matt into something interesting. Yeah, but it's like, don't burden Matt. He has enough on his plate right now. Yeah, I guess they just had no one else for her to tell. Allison's like that type of person that does that thing where they have this really big secret or they did something bad and they think that by telling the other person that's the right thing to do because it gets it off their chest. And they think that it's always best to get something off your chest, regardless of how it affects that other person. Right. Like honesty is the best. It's like, sometimes you don't need to tell everything. Yeah. Sometimes it's a case by case for sure. I'm not going to say you should never, uh, if it hurts someone, like sometimes they need to know so they can leave you. (laughs) But like, like, it's it's, a case by case. It's Like, like toxic honesty. Yeah. Where they think that because they're being honest, they're doing the right thing. It's like, no, you keep that shit to yourself because you're going to hurt people. And you're just unloading for your own sake. Yeah, it's not for anyone else's sake. It's for you. So at the hospital, Kimberly is still pissed at Michael for good reason. He fucked Sydney. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you, Michael. And he's like, but Kimberly, Kimberly, I see it now, babe. Babe, I never appreciated you. I do now. Like, like all he has to do is say it, right? Yeah. He's like, I love you. I love you, I love you, babe. And I don't want anyone else. And I'll do anything. Anything, babe. Why does he always have that voice no matter what he's saying? <laughs> I, like, I, I say it almost every episode. I can't believe his performance as Michael. And I can't believe it's so good, considering if you just take a little snippet of it out of context, it seems like the worst acting ever. No, but it's fantastic. But it's, like, consistent. And that's Michael. Like it, No one else could play this role. No, because it would be too... 
mean or too like do you know what I mean it's just it hits just the right note I yeah. can't explain it uh, you know it's like you have to witness Thomas Calabro's performance as Michael Mancini because it's sort of he's sort of dopey but yeah. also in evil genius like <laughs> he's so conniving and so just driven completely by self like yes. he is completely running on self-propulsion whatever he needs to do in the moment is what he pulls out uh so yeah. it's always sort of insincere right <laughs> <laughs> um kimberly is like michael i don't want to talk to you we can work together but that's it at shooters Sydney and Gina Gershon are working. Do you know Gina Gershon's character? I was just thinking, I just write Gina Gershon. I do too. I don't know what her name is. Well, Sydney's bitching about her life. And Gina Gershon is showing off her fancy watch that she got. It was a gift. And she's explaining how the that that fancy watch thing where the secondhand sweeps instead of ticks. Right. Um, and Sydney's like, wow. Wow, that's bitchin'. And Gina Gershon then invites Sydney to a Hollywood A-list party. And you know Sydney is all about that. Oh, totally. Sydney is that girl who moves to Los Angeles from the suburbs somewhere else in another state. Because you know she's from like the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. She's like, I want to hook up with a C-list comedian. Immediately. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone who's remotely well-known. She will fuck, yeah, she will fuck a C-list comedian. She will fuck a B-list reality star. Yeah. She'll fuck anyone that has any sort of cachet to them. And yeah. Sydney will say yes to everything. Absolutely. Um, except for... Well, with some caveats, but she, she she doesn't ask a lot of questions. Sometimes she takes a little convincing, but she'll come around. <laughs> she will eventually come around. So she gets invited to this party, and after work, Sydney returns home, and she goes directly to Jane's apartment. And this is, I love the audacity of Sydney Andrews so much. She doesn't operate with a past. She's no. like, she doesn't, nothing has happened in the past that would strain any relationships in her mind. No. So she's just like, why? I moved on. Haven't you? Haven't you, Jane? Why are you, <laughs> why are you holding on to grudges? He's technically not even your husband anymore. <laughs> why do you care why, that I fucked We're him? sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so she marches over to Jane's apartment and she's like, hey, Jane, I'm going to a party and I really need something to wear. I'd love to wear one of your designs. They're so cute. Yeah, it's like, first of all, everything Sydney has worn is cuter than anything Jane has ever designed. Yeah. Like, yeah. she has cute stuff. She, I'm sure she has some something slutty she can pull out for this party. And Jane is like, Sydney, she can't believe it. She goes, you amaze me. And Sydney goes, is that good? Love it. And then Sydney's like, come on, Jane, I make one mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did fuck Michael multiple times, right? Yeah. This was the one mistake that just the sweeping overall of doing it. Like, I think that's what she's counting this one mistake as. And Jane shuts the door in her face. And Jane should, because what Jane doesn't know is Sydney is still trying to make that mistake. Mm. Like it stopped through no 
fault of her own. <laughs> like right. she wants it. If it were up to Sydney, she would be in a relationship with Michael right now. Yeah. The only, the only reason she's not still fucking Michael is because Michael told her to get out of here. Yeah. At the hospital, Kimberly's walking out to her car after work and she gets in her car and Michael is inside of her car. I jumped. I did too. She did too. And she screamed and she's like, Michael, what the fuck are you doing to my car? He's like, I stole an extra set of keys, babe. 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 And then he starts doing his Michael Mancini sad and weepy sad boy. He's like, oh, babe, I made a mistake. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And he starts dabbing his eyes with a tissue. He blows his nose. He he blows his (laughs) nose. And then... He goes, I guess I'm just trying to wear you down. We know. Like he, he says the quiet part out loud. <laughs> and he's like, I can't live without you, babe. And she says, Is that what you said to Jane? And he's like, Oh, come on. <laughs> bring up things. Don't bring up the past. <laughs> Don't bring up other times I've manipulated. Come on, babe. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I just want to take you out just once, just one more time. And she's like, maybe. And he gets out of her car and she takes off and he goes, yes. He's a bad little boy. He really is. Like he (laughs) pushed this woman to the brink to finally force her to fucking give in. I mean, that's his move is wearing people down. He does it to Matt later in the episode. Yeah. He's a. He guilts them. When he's the guilty person. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He's a genius. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought Kimberly, it looked like she was the one who would stand up to him, but even she can't resist. That's how powerful he is. Yeah. At the Hollywood A-list party, we see all these hot floozies hanging around a pool. It's up in the hills. Yeah. It's got the view. It's got the view. Sydney is wearing a daytime floral dress. I feel like she could have done better in her closet. We've seen way cuter, but I do feel like it works for her. It does Because people work. love a little innocent bumpkin mm. at these Hollywood parties <laughs> that they can take. Right. And that's what she's giving. Yeah. Because she really does stand out amongst these women in their bodycon dresses. Yeah, because it makes her look 18, which is also appealing to these guys. Yeah. Um, she meets Lauren who owns the house. This is her house. It's very large. So this is clearly a very successful, wealthy woman. Lauren's always wearing like a power blazer. And this is one of Melrose Place's first big daytime soap coups. Like Mm. getting Christian Alfonso from Days of Our Lives in was, was big. Yes. Cause she was like the, one of the biggest daytime stars at the time. So she also meets Carl Kanan, who is a big Hollywood producer slash director, whatever. I love how Sydney knows who he is. She's like, I love your movies. <laughs> Do you buy that for a second? No. She knows directors. <laughs> <laughs> she she knows who Carl Kanan is. And she can't believe that she just met him. She is like living the dream right now. Yeah. The next day at D&D, Allison is on the phone with Steve. Talking, talking business. And Joe stops by the office and she, she came by with some proofs. And she's still upset at Allison. And when Allison gets off the phone, she's like, Joe, I'm so sorry. And 
And she's like, I'm with Billy, you know that. And Joe's like, well, if you're really with Billy, maybe you should concentrate on him. I kind of can't believe Joe is still mad. They had like three (laughs) dates. Also, technically, she doesn't know what Allison has done. Yeah, like you can be... Even if she did know what Allison had did, I would be more mad at Allison for Billy's sake. Yes. Not, she's acting like she's lost this great love or something. They had zero chemistry together. I think she's just mad because she wanted to be dating someone to make Jake mad. Mm. Maybe. That's what this is really about. At Shooters, Lauren stops by and she asks Sydney if she wants to go out with Carl the the movie guy tonight and Sydney's like oh yeah oh my god he yeah. asked about me he liked me and she's like yeah he was really really impressed with you and so they're gonna go on a double date not Lauren but Sydney and Gina Gershon are gonna go on a double date with Carl and his friend and Sydney is like over the moon yeah she's made it she's totally made <laughs> it she's really gonna stick it to Jane this time and Michael and Michael yeah. Back at Melrose, Billy returns home and Allison has made him a candlelight dinner. And she's also made chicken cordon bleu with wild rice. So 90s. Wild rice is so (laughs) 90s. Also, this is like packaged food. Yeah. She did not make this. She admits it. She's like, well, the rice was boil in a bag. It was like that Uncle Ben's boil in the bag rice. Oh yeah, <laughs> do you remember that? Of you just course. slide it out. Yeah, and you oh just. Oh my god! <laughs> I, yeah, and they would try to have variations, like, like flavors. flavors and wild rice pilaf. Pilaf is big. <laughs> pilaf was big. I haven't had a pilaf since '97. I liked a pilaf. I did too. Those little almonds. Mm. They were kind of soft. They were. Yeah, they were weirdly <laughs> soft almonds. In and the you rim. couldn't even tell. Sometimes you're like, was that a rice or an almond? Yeah. I like those soft almonds. How did they get all the rice grains so separated from each other? It was so I don't know. It was good. (laughs) I like that boil in a bag rice occasionally. I do too, to be honest. Because it comes out really perfectly, weirdly enough. I do not like chicken cordon bleu though. Um, I could like it. I mean, it has all things I like. If someone made like a really good version of it, I might like it. But I feel like every version of chicken cordon bleu I've had is like, Gross. Well, because it's such a popular um, lean cuisine type thing. Yeah. Like a frozen meal. And it's those are just never going to be good. Chicken is always really bad in frozen food dishes. That, that was like a dinner they always made us at rehab. Oh, so and you it have was a like, stigma. I have a total <laughs> fucking bias against it. I mean, I, I definitely like it and I've made it before and it was good. The only chicken food I like is chicken chow mein, lean cuisine. I used to love that. (laughs) I haven't had it in a really long time, but I was like, this one's good. The lean cuisine (laughs) I used to like was the butternut squash ravioli. Oh, I don't know if I've had that one. It's okay. But the chicken, the chicken chop chow mein had, no, was it chow mein or chop suey? I can't remember. But it had like the really good rice that was like the Uncle Ben's (laughs) boil in the bag rice. Oh, interesting. (laughs) So she's made this dinner for Billy and they're kissing and Billy goes, ooh, you're naked under this. Barf. I wanted to fucking throw up. I, it's just, I never want to hear about them having sex they or are, horny feelings. They're so not horny to me as a couple. Anyway, let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So Michael and Kimberly are out to a romantic dinner and Michael's pounding the booze. He's, he's drinking. Wasted. He's He's all giggly and happy, drinking champagne. And he tells Kimberly how much he misses her. And he goes on this like little speech about how he's scared of living at the beach alone. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, the, the ocean makes noises, babe. Babe, I'm scared. You got to come back. Come on, babe. He's really pulling out everything. <laughs> he's pulling out all the babes. Um, Kimberly is actually getting kind of horny at this point. Oh, yeah. She... she she likes that he's like really begging on his knees. It's got to feel great. Yeah. Because this is not a typical Michael pose, Mm-mm. like to be begging like this. And he's like kind of acting vulnerable. And so she's horny enough that she tells him, why don't you take me home? Like, okay. Yeah. Because she stopped drinking after the first bottle, but he kept going. Yeah. So he's he's really much drunker than her. Right. And then... After she says that, he proposes to her with a giant pear-shaped stone. Babe, marry me? (laughs) Babe, (laughs) babe, let's get married. And she's like, what is this? And he's dead serious. He's like, no, I'm dead serious. I want to marry you. And she, she goes, damn you, Michael. If only you'd done it a month ago. Which... I don't know what that means. He still would have fucked Sydney. Yeah. You think a ring would have stopped him? Or maybe she wanted to feel like it wasn't because of that. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. And she's like, I'm going to get the check. I'll meet you at the car. So she doesn't say yes. But she... It's a, yeah. But she still is like willing to go home with him at this point. Michael finishes the bottle of champagne. Yeah, she goes to pay and he's like... Tops it off like, yeah. Why don't finish that bottle? He dumps the rest of the champagne into his glass. He chugs it. They're driving home, and Kimberly apologizes for reacting so badly at the restaurant to his proposal. She's like, I'm sorry, Michael. And he's like swerving all over the road. Why did she let him drive? This is crazy to me because she knows he drank that full on bottle by himself. It's crazy that she didn't even say to him, pull over and let me let me drive. I just feel like as a person in that situation, you've seen what they've drunk. Yes. And you know half a bottle of champagne gets you too drunk. Yeah. Because it's like diff- it's a different drunk. Yeah. But another full bottle. That's just crazy <laughs> to me. Like Yeah, he's had a lot. And and then they and then and then she the he she takes out the ring again while they're driving and she 
accepts it. She's like, all right, I'll marry you. And she's all giggly at this point. Yeah. I mean, she's probably tipsy. Yeah, because she probably had like two glasses, right? But she's not on the level that Michael is. Michael is drunk. Like, yeah. For real. He's totally drunk. This isn't on the border of being too drunk to drive. No. And they're giggling. They're having a great old time. And like, he's fucking so happy that she's just agreed to marry him. And they're looking at the ring. They're not looking at the road. I'd also like, once again, love to know where they're driving to get back to where, where where do they live? Malibu? I think they live in Malibu. So are they driving through like the canyon? (laughs) Cause they're on these windy hill roads. Because that house only exists in Malibu. Yeah. So it's like, well, why are you driving through the hills? Wouldn't you just go to PCH? Do you know what I mean? They're in this dark, hilly area when they're driving. Maybe the restaurant was in the hills. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like if you're having a scary car scene in LA, though, you've got to be in the hills. So Mm. it adds to the danger (laughs) regardless. It's got to add to the drama. So they look, or Kimberly looks up and she's like, Michael, look out. And it's a huge, um, the guardrail. Right. And they crash into it head on. And then the car goes up in the air spins around down an embankment with the and lands with a huge crash and it is bad upside down upside down like it is a giant fucking crash this was scary the first time i saw this i remember being like <gasps> cuz it's a fucking scary car crash it's really intense like it's one thing to crash into something that's scary but then to go down an embankment that's bad. It's bad. And it flips over a lot. Yeah. They put a lot of money into this filming of this car crash. Yeah. <laughs> All the first responders arrive. There's like police and firemen and EMTs there. And we see Michael upside down in the car and he's all bloody and he's fucked up. And he's like, Kimberly, Kimberly. And we see Kimberly and she's unresponsive. Yeah. Um, they're rushed to the hospital and Katya is wheeling them, (laughs) wheeling them into, in the emergency room on on a gurney. And she's like, code blue, code blue. (laughs) She she gets her little moment. Katya (laughs) really gets a moment in this episode. Yeah. And we find out Kimberly has no pulse. She has no pulse. Things are not like Kimberly's in much worse shape than Michael. Yeah. And he looks pretty fucked up. He's very fucked up. Back at Melrose Place, Sydney is leaving for her date, and she's wearing a new bodycon dress that she borrowed from Gina Gershon. Yes. And she's like, this is, this is so nice. Thanks for letting me borrow the dress. And she runs into Matt in the courtyard, and she's like trying to talk to Matt about something. He's like, Sydney, I don't have time for this. Kimberly and Michael are in the hospital, and I have to get there. And she's, Sydney... The world stops. Yes. She's like, they're in the hospital. Um, so Kimberly turns to Gina Gershon and she's like, I can't Sydney. go. I'm sorry. It's okay. Sydney turns to Gina Gershon and she's like, I can't go on this date. Yeah. And I like that Gina Gershon is like, brother-in-law? Like, <laughs> it's your brother-in-law? Who like, cares? Yeah. It's like, who cares? What do you, you have to stop everything for your brother-in-law? Like, I mean, that is still family. I agree, especially if you were close to your sister. 
right? Yes. Like, and your sister was still married to him. <laughs> I mean, Gina Gershon doesn't know the details of their relationship. She just hears brother-in-law. Because, yeah, it does make it seem, Sydney does make it seem like someone more important, uh, the, her reaction to it, at least. Yeah. Um, she's like, it's my brother-in-law. And um, Gina Gershon is pissed. She's like, Lauren's going to be mad. Yes. Sydney immediately goes to Jane's house and she's like, Jane, Jane, it's an emergency. And when Jane opens the door, she's like, what is it, Sydney? And she's like, Michael and Kimberly got in a car crash. They're in the hospital. And we see Robert zip his pants and walk up, walk walk to the door out of the room. And Jane's like, I'm busy. I was just giving head to Robert. Yeah, you, was, you ruined the moment. I was blowing Robert. I don't want to think about Michael and Kimberly. I don't give a fuck if they got in a car. You think I care? You think I care they got in a car accident? Because I, mean, I don't. The, you, you can't blame her. No. She's like, this is not at the top of my priority. Yeah. Um, and Sydney is outraged. She's like, are you crazy? Michael could die. Yeah. Um, and then she calls Jane a horrible, unfeeling bitch. And Jane is like, I've earned this title. <laughs> like, I'm allowed after what happened to me. Yeah. She's like, I really don't give two shits, Sydney. I don't need to feel anymore. <laughs> I felt enough. Especially about Michael. Yeah. At the hospital, Katya is attending to Michael, and Michael just wants to know about Kimberly. And she's like, look, she's got a lot of problems, including some really serious head injuries. She's in a serious condition right now. Matt explains to Billy and Allison, who are waiting in the waiting room, what happened. He's letting them know what the, what the deal is. And then Sydney bursts through the doors of the hospital like a tornado. Like she's the wife. She's acting like she's the wife. Yeah. Where and is he? Where is he? Let me see him. I love him so much. And she bypasses like all the front desk and the nurses and the doctors and she just bursts into Michael's room. Yeah. And she's like, I need to see him. And Michael looks at Sydney and he goes, this is all your fault. Stay away from me. <laughs> and she's like, Michael, <laughs> Michael. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think of his reasoning because Kimberly never would have left him if he didn't fuck Sydney. Yes. And they wouldn't have been in this restaurant and car accident. Yeah. If he didn't have to win her back. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he blames Sydney for this trajectory. Yeah. Um, then we get a really brief scene of Katya talking to a police officer because the police officer wants to know Michael's blood alcohol level. Yeah. Get that to me when you get the paperwork in. When you, yeah. When you get the labs, let me know his blood alcohol Because they're level. already suspicious. Yeah, like how'd this happen? Matt talks to Sydney in the waiting room and she's really sad. She's like really devastated. And Matt's like, look, (laughs) Sydney, Michael's probably not going to be available to you as a friend. But so I suggest you go to a counselor so you can repair your relationship with Jane. Yeah. And Sydney's like, Jane, I don't give a fuck about my sister. She's a witch. Yeah, she's, <laughs> my sister's a witch. <laughs> um, Matt's had it. Yeah, Matt's fucking had it. And Sydney's like, Matt, you don't, you wouldn't know anything about this. 
Yeah. Um, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, Sydney acts that no one knows what she's going through, but that's because it's all a fantasy in her head. Like, <laughs> like yeah, Michael fucked her, but in her mind, it's a relationship. It's completely fabricated. And it's like, yeah, Sydney, we actually do know what's going on, but you're nuts. Yeah. It's not real. This is like single white female, hand that rocked the cradle type person. Right. Amanda and Jake show up at the hospital. I love when everyone shows up for something. Everyone dropped everything to see Michael, and even Joe is there. Like, why? <laughs> Have Joe no, and Michael ever people, talked? None of these people are even friends with Michael anymore. Like, I would be like, I don't need to go to the hospital, but keep me posted, right? Yes. Like, yes. Because he's not even seeing anybody. No, they have the whole cast there. Yeah. They're all at the hospital. Um, Joe obviously isn't excited to see Amanda and Jake together yeah. there. The next day at Shooters, Sydney tells Gina Gershon that Michael might be paralyzed. And she's like devastated by this. And so she reveals to Gina Gershon, she's like, look, he's not only my brother-in-law, he's kind of my boyfriend. And Gina Gershon's like, oh. She's like, this is, <laughs> this is juicy. Yeah, you're not so innocent, are you? <laughs> yeah, she's like, you could work for me. You could be a hoe, Sydney. Come on, Sydney. Use those powers for money making. <laughs> and um, Gina Gershon really wants to go to the hyena club with mm. these Hollywood big wigs. And they're like excited for this place. I would never go somewhere called the hyena club. I'm sorry. <laughs> It sounds like a terrible time. It sounds awful. It, it sounds like it has like the peanut shells on the floor. I have no idea what this place is. It just sounds like the kind of place with a really aggressive strobe light. It's like whatever the LA version of Bridge and Tunnel is. Like yeah. I have no idea. I won't go here. Um, Amanda. Oh, we already said that. At the hospital... Michael is talking to Katya. She's at his bedside and he's like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to walk again. And she's trying to like lower his expectations and not get his hopes up about his, because they don't, it's still too early to tell with his condition. Right now he's like paralyzed from the waist down. Right. And this is very Michael. He's so mean to Katya. She's like, well, we can't, I can't make any promises. And he goes, look, look, Katya. I know I'm going to be fine. I've been studying in this country a little longer than you. <laughs> you fucking Ruski. That's what he says to her. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable that even in this situation, Michael is still going to Michael. Like, yeah. He's like, get me the fucking books on neurological surgery. <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> like, yeah. Do something. Like, he, Yeah, he makes her bring, bring him a neurology book so he can be like, look, babe. Look, I, you got to just cut this cord and then do this. Like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm going to do some reading up on this, babe. You Don't worry your pretty little head. You go tend to Matt. I mean, I just love in this situation seeing him act like an asshole. Mm. I don't know why it's fucking funny. He asks about Kimberly and Katya tells him that she hasn't regained consciousness yet. Oh, sorry. That's what Matt, Matt stops by. Right, he brings some books for Michael. Matt brings him the neurology text, and he tells Matt, he asks Matt about Kimberly, and he's like, well, she hasn't regained consciousness. And then he pulls Matt closer, and he's like, look, Matt, I overheard the cop (laughs) 
talking to Katya and they have to take, they have to do like a lab to determine my blood alcohol level. And I, I can't, I can't have any of that. He's like, they can't, I don't want them pinning this on me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want them to pin this on me. Even though it was my fault. Like, like he is an unjustly accused of being drunk while driving. That's the vibe here in this scene. And, um, he's like, He's like, I can't get charged with manslaughter. What if Kimberly dies? I can't do that. Ruin my career. My career. Plus, the new the new uh, blood level limit is really low. Yeah, like it just changed. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, you were like five times over, probably, Michael. Like, right. Um, and he's like, one. He's like, you have access to the hospital computer, Matt. Why don't you go in and change the numbers? Yeah. Bing bong. Bing just bong. Boom. <laughs> Bing bong. Boom. It's like all of a sudden under. It takes yeah. two seconds. It takes two. And Matt, of course, is like, are you nuts? Yeah. He's like, first of all, Michael, that is highly unethical, but I also could get in serious trouble. It's like against the law. Yeah. Too. Like, I won't just lose my job. <laughs> I'll be arrested. Yeah. And Michael's like, shove your ex, your, your ethics. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, who? He's like, come on, Matt. Stop being such a pussy. Yeah. Stay pure. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he starts like, guilting Matt. <laughs> And then he's like really laying it on thick with Matt. He's like, oh, well, you're lying. Well, you're going to sleep with a good conscience at night. Just think about me and the life you ruined. Yeah, I'll be locked up while you're just living your life with the job I got you. <laughs> he's like, Nil, ne- this, the worst mistake of Matt's life was taking this job from Michael. Like, yeah. Because Michael will never let it go. Because this is not the first time he's hung that on Matt. Oh, no, he, he used it. He's used it nonstop since he did it. He's, I feel like you can only use that so many times, but he's going to use it every time. He'll never let it go. No. And so, Matt will always be taken down by it. Like he'll always be guilted, which the, is crazy. The look on Matt's face is one of utter conflict yeah. and guilt because he really feels like, well, maybe I do owe Michael this. And does he really deserve to go to jail? Like, right. <laughs> like you can always get Matt on your side. Mm. The next day, Jane visits Michael in the hospital. And Michael is like, oh, I knew you'd show up, Jane. And we still have a connection. Connection. <laughs> your, like, your fiance's hooked up to tubes in the next room. I feel like Jane had zero obligation to visit Michael at this point. And yeah. the fact that he gets off on it is reason enough not to do it. Right. Yeah. Because he feels like, look at all my people. Look See? at every look at everyone who came here for me. You still love me. <laughs> uh and she she's like he's like, Hey babe, can I can I get a cup of water? And she's like he's like, I need help. He needs her to feed him the water. He and he loves being helpless in this moment. Ugh. And so he's drinking the water and she gets freaked out by it. She's like, I don't want to be this intimate with Michael. Yeah. Like I don't have to be here. So she's like, I have to go. And he's like, Oh, can't you stay a little longer? Jane. Yeah. He needs someone to manipulate at all moments. Mm. And she's like, I have to leave. And he's like, well, can we be friends? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So Jane leaves his room and she sees Kimberly Shaw's room because her file is outside of the door. And so she sneaks in there and sees Kimberly. And Kimberly is hooked up to machines. She's got tubes. 
she has that head covering. She's got a head wrap on. She's all fucked up. Yeah. And she gets closer and Jane sees Kimberly's engagement ring. Yeah. And she gasps. She just turns around and gets out of there. Yeah, she's really freaked out by this. That night, Allison, surprise, surprise, she's working late. An extra surprise, surprise, Billy's there. (laughs) Billy's at D&D, and he's like, Allison, the restaurant's going to close. Yeah. I mean, I'd be mad, too. I would, too, but it's still kind of one of those things. It's like, why is he there? Why isn't she just meeting him at the restaurant? Right. Because he doesn't have a car. Yeah. I guess he he takes her car, probably. I think they share the car. They share Betsy. Yeah. So he has to pick her up. Um, She leaves her desk for a moment, and Billy sits down at her desk, and she gets an email. Like a big alert pops up on her computer. A huge envelope. It's like the takes up the whole screen. Okay. He, why does he open it? It's crazy to me that he would just open it because it doesn't even say like from Steve or anything. No, he just clicks on it. <laughs> like that is crazy to me. He clicks on her email and it's from Steve and it says, I miss you and wish you were at the ranch with me. Right. So it is juicy. It's a juicy email and it's from Steve and Billy already hates Steve. And so Billy deletes the message. I just, I feel like if it said from Steve, it makes more sense that he opened it. <laughs> but right. otherwise he's just opening her work email. Like, yeah, it's wild. Um, Sydney and Carl, the producer guy, roll up to his house. He's got a giant modern white house in the hills. Yeah, it's the classic modern looking glass and cement kind of basic rich house. He's got a rich Coke aesthetic house. Yes, totally. And Sydney's like, wow, what a great house. It's like Japanese or something. And he's like, it's more modern. I really love this (laughs) bit of dialogue because it just goes to show how uncultured Sydney is where she doesn't know what she's talking about, but she's, she knows this house is fancy. She knows enough but like not the exact terminology and stuff like that. She knows it's a certain style of house, but she just missed the mark completely. Yes, It's like Japanese or something. And it's like, you kind of know what she's going for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, no, I love, yeah. Mm, It's more modern actually. Right. Like he was offended. Yeah. They walk into the house and He's like, why don't you take your clothes off and get comfortable? <laughs> that's, that's the most comfortable way you can be. <laughs> that's the first thing he says after they are in his house. And she goes, huh, yeah, right. Like, she thinks it's a joke. Yeah, at this point, Sydney still doesn't get what's going on here. Even though we all knew, like, episode, the first party she went to, what was happening. Oh, like, yeah. So he returns with drinks and sees that she's still clothed. And he's like, what are you doing? Is there a problem? And Sydney's like, huh, what? Like she doesn't know what's going on. Still. Still. And then Carl says, oh, I forgot. Lauren's girls always want the money up front. And then he pulls out this huge wad of cash 
And he says to Sydney, <laughs> possibly the grossest thing ever uttered <sighs> in Melrose Place, he says, let's see that nice young stuff in there. Yeah, take off that blouse. Let's see that nice young stuff. What? What? I would have stabbed him. I would have pushed him off of his infinity pole, like yeah. down the cliff. Like, like that is repulsive. Yeah. She gets up and she's freaked out and she leaves and runs out of his house. Which was made me laugh too, because I'm like, where are you running? You're Where's literally she going? at the top of the Hollywood Hills. Are you gonna run down one of those fucking insane windy streets? Like there's nothing around. No. How is she getting home? And he's freaking out as she's leaving and he goes, listen, you little bitch. Yeah. He goes from like zero to 60 real quick. Yeah, he's a bad guy. This guy's a dick. Meanwhile, back at the hospital, Matt is in the computer room looking for something. And we see him open like the, some files and he's bingo. He's in the file of Matt's, M- Michael's blood test. Right. And we see the results from his lab. And Michael's blood alcohol content was a 0.15. That is above the legal limit. I was shocked it was that low. Because <laughs> he looked really drunk. He did. Now, the legal limit is 0.08. So I guess it's double. Yeah, almost it's double. almost double the legal limit. Matt hesitates... And then he does something. He deletes the blood alcohol content and changes it to 0.06 under the legal limit. And then we get a very worried expression on his he face. He is shaking. He's shaking while he, but he did it. I was also laughing at just the computer, the level of the computer graphics. Mm, I got a picture of it. <laughs> Because it was just looks so. I was like, "Damn, they could just change anything with ease." And there's like zero record of it. Like, you'd think that there would be like an, a history. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, where you could see the edits uh, right. or something, but no, he just does it. Um, or that someone, like somebody would have seen this before because somebody had to type this in. Yeah. Also, why does Matt have access to patient records? That should be only doctors or nurses are allowed to change that information, right? Like he's just on the, the other side of it. Like, Yeah, I don't understand because someone had to have entered this information in before Matt got to it. 
And if you entered that information, you'd be like, damn, this guy was drunk. Like you would remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I guess, look, Matt, this is like the most unethical, illegal thing Matt's ever done in his life. And he is shaking. And there's zero reason he did, he should have done this. Like, I'm sorry. Right. I mean, it's too much. It's, Matt, it, Michael is not even a good person. No. Like, honestly, like, I could possibly see it if it was someone he knew fucked up. Right. And maybe didn't want to have their life ruined. And it would still be really scary to do because there's so much on the line. And it's still unethical. But yeah. I could see it under maybe those circumstances. Uh, but with Michael, right. he needs a lesson. <laughs> like, no, he's not going to learn his lesson. Yeah. Uh, anyway... Very exciting moment to end on, to end this episode on. Overall, very exciting episode. We got a lot of storylines, uh, and we didn't get any of the boring ones. No. Like, not too much Billy Allison, not too much annoying Jake, Amanda. Right. Joe whining. Joe whining, just a minuscule amount. Like, the weakest storyline this week was still, like, a pretty good one. The Steve Allison affair, right? Yeah. Like, it's still juicy. It's just not... But that was the backburner story. It so was the backburner story. The Sydney and Michael ones were all good. Yeah. So this is a very solid episode. I agree. And, and like I'm, you said, it's a um, foundational episode. It's it, a... Yeah. <laughs> it'll this, be built on for years to come. There, Yeah. Like I said, this episode causes a ripple effect. Yeah, and one of the greatest moments mm. in soap opera history mm. or TV history. I agree. <laughs> we'll be back shortly with episode 12. Bye. Bye.